Welcome everybody back to the Friar Talk podcast and YouTube channel. For today's episode, we're going to be going live after a rough, rough series against the St. Louis Cardinals where the Padres were swept. Um, very, very unfortunate stuff in St. Louis because what has been kind of the norm of the last couple of weeks is there was no offense, basically nothing. This has become a team that pretty consistently scores two runs and that's it. And if their starter goes seven, basically if their starter throws a quality start, a lot of times that hasn't even been enough. Um, we saw that with Blake Snell. I know that Darvish didn't have a quality start, but he had seven innings pitched and three runs allowed. So like he was there. I don't know why they kept throwing him out there. Cause I didn't, I didn't think that made much sense for the spot. Um, he ends up allowing five today, but this is, this is becoming a very, very, very frustrating offense to, uh, to watch. I see a couple, so a couple comments. Um, this is how we're all feeling. Jonathan says, "I know this team is a lot better than they look, but it's looking pretty horrific lately. Might as well have thrown Blake, Blake Snell to pinch it in the way Robbie Cano has been doing at the plate." This is this is the frustrations of everyone. Um, non Tatis alone will not be the resolve of this issue. So Chase Isaac, what are you guys feeling about? How frustrated are you? What are you guys thinking? Um, it's hard to put it to words. I mean, we had six hits, one of them being an extra base hit. You pinch hit Azokar in the ninth inning for a guy that's three for, I think he's three two earlier in Cano. Um, he's under, he's hitting under a 50 now. I'm pretty sure he was a little above that with his one plate appearance now, but that didn't make any sense at all. You probably should have let Azokar hit there. You let him hit in. Was it the ninth inning in one game? He gave you the single to walk it off. I think he's proven his shot. You know, you give him that shot in the MLB. Let him see how he does in high situations. I think you should have been fine there. I really don't know what to think with Grisham. I mean, it looked like he was going to turn it around. He hit the two home runs late in the game the last week. But an 0 for 3 showing again. The catchers are just not good. Kim is all right. Cronenworth is still struggling heavily. Void is still very hit and miss. Hosmer has been horrific. And I mean, absolutely horrific in the last 15 to 30 games. Um, if you guys didn't know, Eric Hosmer in his last 15 games, if it loads, it will. he is hitting 179 with a 236 OPS and a 196 slugging in the past 15 games. It is not good. It is like absolutely abysmal. He has under a 200 slugging. Um, Machado has been the one bright spot and Profar. He's been good as of late. I'll give Profar that. Um, he had a rough game yesterday, but um, today one for four from the top of the lineup. I mean, this, this team just hasn't been hitting all around and Machado in the two spot, as much as it makes sense to have him there, it's just, you got to have them with people on base because I think I saw a stat. It was like 30% of the Padres RBIs and runs came from Machado and had hitting him in the two spot really doesn't give him justice to get a lot of RBIs when the guy in front of him is only getting on one for four out of a game. You really need to throw him in the three or four spot at this point and pray to God that the rest of the lineup gets on in front of him because that's the only way you're going to win games is Machado hitting someone in. Yeah, we all knew Hosmer was going to fall off. It was inevitable. Um, I guess he's 
still decent. His numbers are still good, but his fall off the past 15 games, especially, have been pretty, uh, pretty significant. You're not seeing many base hits anymore. You're starting to see the. He he had a lot of luck considering you know his his fly ball percentage. The amount of times he was hitting the ball in the air was lower than ever. Um, I actually don't think Hassan Kim has been all right. I think he's been pretty bad. Yes, he's definitely been bad. Um, you look at it, and from a stat standpoint, in his last 15 games, you see 218, last 30 games, 211, last seven games, 231. But then you got to magnify it, and you got to see that in that Pirates game, he himself left on like 10 guys in scoring position, like 13 runners on base himself in one game. Yesterday comes in, maybe sees a couple pitches and flies out to the to the to the shortstop, not moving the runner over the way that we think Hassan Kim should be able to. You look at his OPS right now, and OPS numbers are down across the league. He's fourth in OPS on our team, but just because you're fourth or in OPS on our team doesn't mean you gotta look at it from a league-wide standpoint. If we have the Cardinals, if 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 they were putting up numbers the way the Cardinals offense is, this is the best team in baseball right now, but they're not. Um you look at it from last year. Last year he had a 642 OPS. Right now he has a 677. Last year he had a 221 average. This year has, or no, this year 221 average. Last year 209. Or no, last year around two something. I don't know what it was, but I really do feel like Hassan Kim has been bad. Um, and you look at the play yesterday, whether you want to blame it on Alfaro's throw or Hassan Kim not being able to, or, or Hassan Kim not being able to get the tag down. I don't know. I think you can say it was both. It looked like a tough play for both. Um, Tommy Edmond is a pretty good runner. That essentially set us up to lose the game. And uh, he made another error yesterday. I don't know how it didn't get counted as an error, got counted as a hit, but I don't know, man, for for the for the for the where's Tatis going to play crowd because Hassan Kim is going to is doing so good. It's not looking too good for them. Um, but even then, you got to look at the rest of the lineup too. It's just it's not very good. Um, Manny Machado struggled a bit this series. Uh, Jerickson Profar had himself a solid series. Uh, but overall, they weren't able to win any of the games. We knew it would be a tough matchup going against the Cardinals. And it's another tough matchup going against the Brewers. This is easily our hardest 10-game stretch. And I thought winning four or five of these games would be cool. I'm still – and now you got to win four of the next seven, which is going to be tough. But it is what it is, you know. On to the next one. Yeah, I mean, anytime you get swept, it's it's pretty rough. So, okay, it's Mets after the Brewers. That is right. I was looking. I couldn't remember who was playing after. Um, you guys mentioned a couple names. Um, first guy I want to bring up, Hosmer. Um, so, Eric Hosmer, you look at his splits, April, March. Dude hit 389 with almost a 600 slugging, well over an 1,000 OPS. Um, and his OPS plus was over 200. So he's playing out of his mind, right? Carrying the offense. And it was him. It was definitely him and Manny that were totally carrying the offense early on. Um, however, we've talked about April Eric Cosmer in the past. Um, I want to give you guys a couple numbers just so you can see how bad it's been. So in May, May is now over. For the entire duration of May, um, he posted a 255 batting average with a 318 on base and a 316 slugging. That comes out to a 6 34 OPS and an 81 OPS plus. However, if you dive into the numbers a little bit deeper, right? His OPS plus over the last two weeks is 48. And that's when he's really, really struggled. So he started to struggle a lot lately. Um, that's where it's been really bad. Um, one guy to, to, to bring up a positive, 
Luke Voigt, I don't know what his splits have been, but he has been really, really good lately. He hit a home run in the ninth inning today. I know it doesn't didn't really matter at the time, um, but he looks way better. He's he had what was it last night? He had the only two hits to start the game, and he was two for three. So he's a guy that's been looking a lot better, um, and that's something that should c- continue to happen. We should see him improve. I saw who was it? Someone up here said that they're worried about Jake Cronenworth. Um, I think. Jake Cronenworth, yeah, I think we're worried about Jake Cronenworth because of the expectations being so high. But when we're talking about guys that are like really like just don't look like they're there at all, I think you definitely got to bring up Grisham. And then Grisham hits a couple home runs, right? And then you talk about Nola. Nola's been pretty rough. Um, Hasia and Kim, Isaac, you brought it up. Uh, for the for like basically up until a week ago, Kim had a huge um, like like maybe like fifty to hundred OPS, even more over Voit. Voight is now up over him by like a decent margin. Like their numbers have flipped. Um, so it's definitely changed a lot. Uh, but I think we're seeing is like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues just with this, with this team in the lineup and not being able to bring in runs. Um, I kind of want to see how it looks in a couple weeks. Cause there are a couple, couple tough matchups, but this is a group that was top 10 in runs for all of May. I'm sorry, all of April. Um, and into May, a couple weeks into May as well, they were top top ten. And now it looks like they're going to be in the mid twenties in total runs. Um, and it looks like a lot of their OPS numbers, their batting average, their RBI numbers, they're starting to catch up with them. Where the offense was it was able to generate a lot of runs. And we were talking about it before, like good pitching, good defense, find ways to generate runs a little bit. It was working a lot. Um, but now you're seeing the lack of slugging, the lack of power. Um, the lack of the lack of timely hitting even is, is really starting to add up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely rough. I see people talking about Cano and the pinch hit. I, we didn't want Cano. Like, so that's kind of the thought there. I guess the reasoning is that they brought in a righty. So they wanted to bring Cano to hit left-handed. So that makes, that makes sense. That, that does make sense. Um, uh, but when you just look at Cano on the roster, I think that's a big question mark. I think, Someone said today that he was three of he's either three of thirty two or three of thirty three so far with the Padres, um, which is rough. Um, and he only has one extra base hit on the entire season, so I, I don't think he's going to be here for that long. I, I wouldn't. I was never expecting that though. He's a bench player, um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the Dodgers are actually also losing. Um, I don't know. This has been all negative. Do you guys want to talk about some positive stuff? You want to talk about the, the pitching? The pitching's been good. <laughs> Oh, I was going to bring up one more negative thing. Uh, the umpire yesterday was horrendous. Um, if you guys don't know, there's a Twitter account that goes by uh, umpire scorecard. And yesterday he goes over like which balls were missed, uh, how accurate called strikes were, how accurate called balls were, and then the overall accuracy. So... The overall accuracy was 93%, but the called strike accuracy was 84%. The called ball accuracy was called 98%. They had the Snell slider down the middle, which I don't know how you don't call that a strike. That was called a ball. And then every impact, impactful missed call that was a ball that was called a strike was against the Padres. And so they do have this little calculator, and it goes for the overall favor that the umpire was in. And it was plus 0.93 runs for St. Louis. So basically, the Padres were taken away 0.85 runs, and Seattle got plus 0.08 runs. So they basically were gifted a full run by the umpire. 
based off those impactful calls. It was a 3-2 game. The umpire legitimately single-handedly ruined that game for the Padres because I know there was one to Alfaro. I think there was runners on, and it was the 0-2 count. It was like a few inches off the plate outside, and it was called strike three. I know, I think Myers got called on one like that. It was just, it was a really bad game for the Padres yesterday with the umpire. We saw Machado get ejected. We saw Bo Mel get ejected. So, yeah, it was pretty bad. Now to the positives. Matt, you already you already uh, actually brought up two names that have been pretty positive, one being Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt, let me pull up his numbers. I had him up right now. In his last seven games, is batting 269 with an 845 OPS. Absolutely has been fantastic, fantastic his, bat, his past seven games. I know he was on a hitting streak, I think. I don't know if it snapped or, or not, but he's been fantastic these past seven games. What that what I did not know, and you guys might be surprised because it surely as hell does not feel like this. Trent Grisham, right? He's batting 222 in his last seven games. Not very good. But he has a 920 OPS in his last seven games. That is massive. A 364 on base percentage with a 556 slugging percentage. That is huge. So whether you want to buy in or not, that's on you. I really don't know if I want to. I mean, I really like Trent Grisham. Don't get me wrong. I do think he deserves, I mean, especially now with, I mean, a 920 OPS in your last seven, you definitely deserve some chances, some more chances. But um, if you want to buy in, go for it. I'm, I'm trading carefully in a positive direction, though. Um, those have definitely been two very positive names. You could, of course, look at Manny's always going to be a positive name. This pitching staff, um, you Darvish went, what was it, like seven and two thirds, allowed four runs, which is pretty tough. But it was essentially like <laughs> if if Goldschmidt and Arenado aren't in that lineup, it's a lot better. But damn, Goldschmidt and Arenado tore them up. Um, that was really it. And Goldschmidt's having an amazing, amazing season so far. He actually leads the NL and OPS now. He overtook Manny in that by a, like 70-plus points. Um, you look at Nolan Arenado, he's had himself – he had himself a good series. So, I mean, it was a tough series, but it's mainly because of those two guys, man. That's tough. Dude, those guys were a two-man wrecking crew this series. It felt like every time they would come up back-to-back, you'd be like, oh, no. Besides, besides when Nick Martinez was pitching, where um, Goldschmidt popped up and then Arnado granted the double play, and you're kind of like, oh yeah, that's right, our stars are better. And then, and then they come back, and it's like, oh no, they're just gonna rip you for the rest of the series. Just hit nukes, hit drive-in consistent RBIs. They they were very impressive. Um, but yeah, Bod's love from a Dodgers fan. I see, I see, uh, Josh, Josh, who is a Dodgers fan, is talking about the the Dodgers struggles and that you know they're 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 staying together. Um, Seen a few things. Play Void at first base. Trade Haas. I don't think you can trade Haas. Like, I know he's started out good, but I, I don't think they're going to do that. I, I I just I'm over it. Like I've I've heard the rumors so many times of like Haas is going to get traded. His contract's going down. He's hitting better. If he can continue to hit all right, problem is we just brought it up. He's not been hitting lately. So there there you go. Like over the course of the season, yeah. But um, it's definitely been tough. I also saw. I, I think it was Jonathan. Someone mentioned that Haas's defense has actually been a lot better, which is true. He had about a two-week period where he kept stepping behind the bag, but I haven't seen him do that in a long time since it was like the really, really bad one. So I think someone might have prophesied that Haas, we are not doing that anymore, man. I know you like it, 
but we are done with that. That does not work. Um, so there, there is that. Um, who, do, who do we have on the mound against the Brewers? Gore? Manaya, Musgrove, Musgrove, Gore. It's a four-game right, series. Right. Is it four games? And so then Martinez at the end. Four games. Martinez at the end. Hey, Martinez has looked a lot better. I, I think a lot of people, you know, get frustrated because he'll go through, like, rough patches throughout the game where there'll be a bunch of guys on. Um, but throughout the season, he's done a really good job of not having a bunch of, like, innings that just completely explode on him. Um, I think a lot of people kind of, like, knock him a lot just because he's – clearly probably the last starter you'd want to throw out there. But that's just more of a testament to, like, how great the starting rotation is. But Nick Martinez has actually been really good lately. He has a sub-4 ERA. Um, the way he gets talked about, you'd think he had, like, a 6 ERA. Um, but he's actually been really solid. Um, I see yeah. – this is an interesting one right here. Are there no position players that we can bring up? It seems hard to believe that there's no one that shouldn't get an opportunity over anyone in this lineup. So, Jay, this is exactly what our issue was with signing Robinson Knapp. Because you have guys, you have multiple players that are ready or close to ready. You called up Abrams, you sporadically started him. And if you look at Abrams' numbers, he was getting better towards the end. And then they brought him down. And it just felt like it was kind of a weird time to bring him down. I thought that they were going to do it a little bit earlier. But then he started to heat up and I was like, wait, maybe we hold off for a second. And then no, they sent him down. So are there, are there position players that you guys would want them to bring up? Anyone that kind of comes to, to mind? Well, for the outfield, you get Brent Rooker, you get Estuy Ruiz. Um, you, we've mentioned the bullpen guys over and over again. I saw Gil, uh, he mentioned Jorman Rodriguez, which is funny. I literally was just talking about him, I believe it was yesterday. I'm like, we might need to keep an eye out on this guy. Uh, yeah, he, I think, hit two home runs his last game, or his last, in this last week. Uh, Gil has it, catcher, first base, DH. It uh, looks like we might bring him up when Haas inevitably leaves because we don't really have a lot of first base prospects in there. So he might be the next guy up. But outside of that, S3 Ruiz is still killing it in double A. It looks like you can throw him up to triple A. If not, I think you can bring him up. Uh, we've brought a lot of guys up from double A. A lot of teams do it because the talent level between double A AA and triple A is similar. Triple A is just a little bit more older. It has a lot of veterans, a lot of guys on minor league deals. So I think he deserves a shot. I still think he's hitting over 340 right now. He's going insane. Brent Worker would provide you the power that you need. I know Isaac loves him, so I'm going to let him talk about him. But Esther Ruiz definitely deserves a shot. Brooker has kind of been the guy, even when we traded for him, you saw that he kind of has a lot of power. He can hit the ball really hard. I mean, you're going to have to suffer through his average and his uh, – and I don't know if he strikes out a lot, but his average definitely isn't there right now. I just know that he hits for power, and and that's kind of what this Padres team needs. Do I think he's going to be great to start? No, but it seems like if somebody deserves a chance, it's him and uh, him. Oh, thank you. 343, is that his average, or whose average is that? Um, but, I mean, you look at the outfield right now, and surprisingly they've been producing. I mean, like I just said, Grisham's been pretty good. Profar is staying pretty good. Unfortunately, Myers went has a has knee inflammation Alzocar has been pretty solid um but if you really look at the minors there's not many infielders that i can think of that deserve a chance um of course you got cj abrams but he came up and matt said he was improving yeah he was um but it just seems like they want to get him more at bats down there and then you look at the rest though Ruiz fourth 343 yeah i figured um 
the only other guys that you can think of are Ruiz, Mazzara, and Rooker. That's kind of the only guys you can think of that actually might warrant a chance in the MLB. Mazzara, of course, has already played in the MLB. Um, Rooker also. But, yeah, man, that's we don't have much going down in the farm system. You bring up Rooker. Um, I've seen a lot of people really trying to, to advocate for Mazzara. Um, I think bringing up Brent Rooker makes a little bit more sense. I'm going to pull up his numbers right here. I know his MLB – if you look at his MLB numbers, they're not good. Um, but that's a lot of guys. He's a he's a right-handed power hitter. So this year he's hitting 253 with a 900 OPS, and he has nine home runs. So he's likely not going to hit for a high average. Thing is – a lot of these batters are not hitting for a lot high average and they're not hitting for power either. So that's, that's the difference. Um, Mazar is hitting 367. So I, I, I guess that does make sense of why you would talk about bringing him up just because he is playing well. He was a guy that was kind of a fringe roster guy. Um, I do wonder if they would, and I don't, I'm not advocating for this, but I wonder if this could happen. I wonder if Azucar could get sent down for Mazara. I don't know if I like that move. Um, but just kind of playing the hot hand, although like Azucar has been all right. He has, he has virtually no power, um, but he get he hits a lot more than a lot of these guys. He hits like two, he's hitting like two fifty, and he's had a, a decent sample size now. Um, and then, yes, there was another question. Um, someone asked, can we start? Here we go. John asked, can we save money by trading one of our pitchers and a few prospects? We don't need seven pitchers. So I understand six. Um, I trade Blake CJ and the catcher and triple a for anyone who can hit well. If you trade Blake Snell, CJ, and a catcher, you are getting a an elite, elite player. So you would that's going for like a home run kind of swing. Um, I do have to say though, a lot of people have been bringing up how Blake Snell could potentially get moved. So that's a very interesting one. Um, we've like briefly discussed it. Maybe we'll do something like an episode on it later. But when you guys are thinking about a Blake Snell trade, it does make sense because he makes like thirteen million dollars. But then on the flip side, it doesn't make sense because next year you likely have four guys that are free agents. So the thought process that I've been kind of seeing with it is you could move him for an outfielder. In turn, you won't have to sign an outfielder. You're losing Myers next year. You won't have to sign an outfielder, right? So if you trade him for an outfielder, you're subtracting starting pitching, but you're also adding an outfielder. And then you can go and you can re-sign a Musgrove, Mania, you know, whatever you want to do, and it might give you more flexibility to go get a, a different pitcher. So like in a way it could be like, do you trade Blake Snell now for an outfielder? And then maybe that guy has control. Maybe you do have to add prospects or do whatever. Um, and then you could go and get Musgrove after like, that could be the difference. It makes sense if that's the case, but also it's a little bit scary if you have five guys that are gone in your, in your seven man starting rotation a year later. So that is like where I'm hesitant with it. Um, I see Jonathan says, please don't trade Blake, man. I mean, Blake's looked a lot better too. That's the other thing is it's not like you're just selling like, Oh, Blake's he's, he's not good. Let's just trade him, whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think about potentially moving a starter? If that is Blake Snell for an outfield bat, kind of switching up this roster, because I think we can all agree. I don't think the offense is, uh, is optimal at this point. Yeah, I don't know trading away our strength is the way to go about it. I mean, I'd much rather see Nomar Mazzara or S3 Ruiz come up. Ruiz has a 1078 OPS. Mazzara has a 1095 OPS. Let's exhaust a little bit more options before we go. Let's trade Blake Snow. We still have a little bit before the trade deadline comes. 
We're going to get Tatis back. We're going to – Void is starting to come around. We'll see where Grisham's at. Myers in a month probably will be a little bit more healthy. But Myers has been hitting pretty well. So I think we're jumping the gun a little bit here. Um, you got to remember, Musgrove, Manaya, and Clevenger are all going to be free agents next year. Nick Martinez could potentially opt out this year. He could go and sign for more money if he continues to have the year he has. So that's potentially four different starters. And so then you basically have Gore, Snell, and Darvish. And if you trade Snell, you only have Gore and Darvish. And what other rotation with what money? It's not really not really that good of a move right now. I get it. Like I would get it if we had the pitching depth that we did have in the minors, but we don't. Ryan Ruthers has been struggling. He is beyond struggling. He has nearly a 7 ERA. So that leaves Robert Gasser, that leaves Pedro Avila, and a couple other guys. But do you really want to go into the season with Mackenzie Gore, Darvish, Pedro Avila, Robert Gasser, and potentially Kevin Copps? I wouldn't want to go with the rotation we have now to next year being a complete downgrade. I'm sorry, that's that's not the way I want to go about this. We're trying to build a dynasty team. You got to build around these guys, not sell them off for a big bat. I think we can wait off on a little bit. Let's exhaust a little bit more options. Dude, Blake Snell went six innings, two hits, and two runs yesterday. Why? <laughs> like, and he had a really good he had a really good outing against the Brewers. I know Craig Stammon came in and kind of kind of blew up his ERA, but bro, Blake Snell's <laughs> been pretty good, especially these past two starts. Even going back to the end of last year, Blake Snell's been pretty nasty. You want you want you want to go into next year with Ryan Weathers as your pitcher or Blake Snell? There's an obvious answer because Ryan Weathers has been really bad in AAA. And at one point you thought, oh, it's getting better. No, it's not getting better for Ryan Weathers. Um, for anyone who doesn't remember, we wanted to trade him. Um, but you look at it and it's like, why would you? Yeah, Blake Snell's dope, bro. Blake Snell's so much fun. He brings energy. He When he's when he's on, he's honestly right there with Darvish and Musgrove. As, oh, well, I mean, they're all super exciting. Um, they're honestly like so much fun to watch and they bring energy to the team. They're almost, if you have a guy like Blake Snell in your rotation as your number five, you're going to win a lot of games. Remember six teams make the playoffs this year. Six teams make the playoffs. The average six seed in the past couple years, the past many years, actually wins around 85 games. Are you telling me you're not going to win 85 games with you Darvish, um, Manaya, Musgrove, Gore, Clevenger, and Snell, you're going to win 85 games. I think that's almost a given. And then you got Nick Martinez as a number seven if somebody gets hurt. You shouldn't trade any of the any of the depth. You shouldn't. We saw what happened when we had no depth last year. It has already been said. It is going to take a king's, almost a king's ransom for another team to acquire Snell. I don't think we're going to give up Snell. I don't think anyone's going to give up a king's ransom to get Blake Snell. So... In my opinion, we should keep them all. Um, if you're going to ship one off, I don't know who it would be. It could be maybe Martinez. I don't know, but we really shouldn't ship any of them off. They're all really nice. And then you look at the bats. Yes, we need a bat. But Dennis Lynn just wrote an article on it. Have you guys seen how many options there are for outfield bats? There are so many decent to good options that 
we really don't need to give up Snell to to get any of those guys. I really, I really don't think so. I think if anything, you'll see the minor leaguers get traded rather than Blake Snell. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense too. I think you're right there. Like, also, I think Martinez is more likely to get, get traded, except for some reason. Have you guys okay? Have you guys looked into his contract? They gave him a LeBron James contract, bro. He gets an opt out every year with a buyout. That's LeBron James level contract. Now I know it's not the money, but I don't understand it. Like you have like no like. I guess he was gonna sign somewhere else, and they're like, "All right, dude, we'll do this for you." But I think it'd be like I've heard that he's kind of got brought up in in getting traded, and I think it makes sense. But if you're a team and you're trying to trade for him, like if you look at the contract, you're like, "Why would I trade for a guy who gets control over his contract for five straight years?" Like he decides if he opts out, or I guess four, so it's four off seasons. Um, but that would be hard to like mock up a deal with Martinez just because that contract is so much different than what you see typically in MLB contracts. Um, I see people talking about trade Clev. Um, okay, here's my problem with trading Clev. I get, I understand the thought process of moving a starter, but you guys brought it up. We don't want to run into the same problem where, uh oh, these three guys got hurt. We have no pitching. That's been the case the last two years. The way you fix that is you have a ton of depth and this team has a shit ton of pitching depth it's pretty ridiculous um but if we trade clev it would be for a half year of clev his stock is at the lowest it's ever been in his career what i would argue you would want to do and this is what i hope they do is i hope that they keep musgrove or they, they resign extend musgrove and i hope that clev doesn't have the most amazing year and we bring him back on a nice prove it deal because you are losing all those guys so having clev in the building Having Ruben Yable here, I think that gives him incentive to be like, all right, let me do a prove it deal, like show everyone I am back. Because this year, like it was always going to be a, he's going to be battling back from injury. So I don't like the idea of trading him. I think Martinez would make the most sense if a starter um, was added. Uh, Manaya, Manaya could definitely get, um, he could definitely uh, stay. I see Devin brought that up. Um, I definitely, I definitely like want them all to stay. They're all good. Like I, I definitely want them all here. It's just a question of like, where are you going to allocate your money? Are you going to go after a big bat? What are you going to do? What's going to happen at catcher? Um, a lot of big questions there. Um, smart, I'm falling. Thank you. Thank you, John. Um, let's see. What else we got? What else? Um, I hope Martinez so, is um, <laughs> Yeah, go ahead, Chase. I've been looking at all the uh, minor league pitchers that I can recognize from AAA to high A, and uh, it's not very good. Not I'm not gonna lie to you guys. It's not very good. Um, I think we need to hold on to as many starting pitchers as we can. Lamed is still struggling, even though he'd be used as a reliever role. He's still struggling. He's had a couple good games. Um, Osvaldo Hernandez is struggling. Every guy in AAA is struggling. I was looking at Pedro Avila. He has I think a six ERA. Um, Gasser is. He has like a four ERA. The best guy that I found was Jim Wolf. He has a three seven seven ERA. Reggie Lawson has close to a nine ERA. Actually, no, the best guy, but he's not a starter. He's only started one game. Was Moises Lugo? He had a three two seven ERA, but he's a reliever. I can see him potentially coming up, but guys, our starters do not look good in the minor leagues right now. I mean, we need to hold on to what we have. Seriously, if we, I, I get that we need an outfield bat, but trading one of our our best strengths and the reason that we're winning, is definitely not the way to go about it. 
Yeah, dude. And you even heard the Cardinals. The Cardinals. I was listening to the Cardinals announcers today. A um, little, little bit of a sin because of how good our guys, um, Mud and Don, are. But uh, they were even saying, like, you know, the reason this team is winning games is because of the starting pitching. Bro, you got five, six deep down in, in the starting pitching. You know it's a good problem when when Bob Melvin's like, dude, I normally don't like six-man rotations, but these guys are all so damn good. I think I'm going to have to roll with it. And I'm trying to bring up that uh, the list of guys that Dennis Lynn named off. And I already know that um, – you know, a lot of you guys have some favorite arms. I know Gills is uh, Gills or Geron or Jarens is uh, Ramon Lariano. But you look at these names, David Peralta should not be an option. Um, Austin Hayes, that's Chase's guy. Cedric Mullins, eh. Santander, eh. Contreras and Hap are both options that, I mean, you took, killed, what is it, to kill two birds with one stone? Um, I think that's what it is. Um, by getting an outfielder and a catcher that both can hit and hit very well then you got benintendi you got gallo um which gallo gallo is kind of a tough pill to swallow considering you know he's gonna be a padre but oh i don't know man hopefully it's a change of scenery kind of thing if he does become a padre but man you have to deal with those strikeouts and those strikeouts are so annoying my biggest pet peeve is guys who strike out so much and i know that's him but i really hope a change of scenery thing kind of goes on you got Loriano, you got Reynolds, you got Hanniger, Lewis, and maybe not Winker. Um, my favorite, I, I do like Kyle Lewis, but you got a lot of injury risk there. Um, essentially, he's DHing right now for the Mariners, so that's kind of tough considering you're not trying to go for a DH. You need an everyday outfielder. Um, you got Hanniger. Hanniger's always a good option. You got Reynolds. You got Reynolds. Um, and Reynolds is having a tough season though. You know, that's the thing. As much as I like Reynolds, he is having a tough season. Um, and, and who knows what the price would cost if the price cost CJ Abrams, that's kind of a tough one, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That is a really tough one to evaluate because he is Brian Reynolds has put up a six war season, but he's not doing it right now. And you got to wonder, you know, what is Brian Reynolds actually that good? Cause before the season started, we had actually talked about a Reynolds trade. And we both, we I think all of us kind of thought, well, is he really that good? Was it a fluky season? I think he is good. I think he is really good. But right now he's not showing it. And who knows if the Pirates are going to want to trade him while he's at his lowest value. Um, other than that, though, you got Loriano's good option. I think Benintendi's a solid option. I think your best option is essentially killing two birds with one stone, and that's Contreras and Hap. But there's so many options. There's a lot of options. I don't think you have to trade your best guys to get any any of them, really, unless they're minor leaguers, I guess. Not to mention, too, you bring this stuff up, but, like, I, I know you guys brought up Gallo, but, like, Gallo would cost nothing. Like, Gallo's on his second half of the deal. I don't want them to go get Gallo. I see Devin brought up Benintendi. I would, that's, like, the guy I really hope they land because he can legitimately be your leadoff hitter. You can have him every single day hitting number one. You can put Tatis at two. You can put Manny at three. You put Manny at four. You know, you can kind of adjust it, but you can make it a lot better. We bring up Gallo all the time. Not because we like Gallo, but because A.J. Preller doesn't just love Gallo. A.J. Preller is completely infatuated with any guy who's a Ranger, any guy who he brought into the organization, and Gallo is the guy right now that fits the mold of him to go and try and get. So, like, that's why we always bring up Gallo. I don't want to see it. Um, I will say, though, when we talk about, like, trading for outfield bats and stuff, 
I think that we could really like easily see Myers get traded because I know that our fan base isn't super high on him. There are other teams that like Will Myers a lot. There are other teams that they look at his contract and go, yeah, his contract's bad. We view him as a solid player. Like that is a thing. Um, so you could probably swing like Myers for Gallo. I don't want to do that, but you could, but you no, know, but, but chase it saves money though. If you trade Myers for Gallo, you save money and then you go and you get Ben Intendi. I won't be, I will not be surprised at all when we have a different center fielder. I hope we, I, I don't know. I think Trent Grisham could, will end up being like a depth piece or like end up being like, if he continues to struggle, that's the big question with center field. If Trent continues to struggle, I think we'll, by the end of the trade deadline, we will very likely see a new center fielder and a new right fielder. And I think that the right fielder's name will be Joey Gallo. And I think we're going to go, damn, it ended up happening. No. Um, but I really feel like that's going to be the case because if you did do a Meyer swap for someone, you're freeing up money and that's how you go and you get your center fielder. Um, I'm really, really fascinated to see what happens this trade deadline. There is an exorbitant amount of pressure on AJ Preller for this trade deadline and next off season. Like these are like the kind of the make or break moments for him. It's going to be this deadline. Cause last year he completely whiffed at the deadline. That was an awful deadline. And then this year, what is it going to look like? Cause we see all the pitching. We see the ridiculous amount of pitching. You're not going to be able to blame this season on, Oh, we had two pitchers, which you shouldn't really blame it on. Cause that's like, you're constructing the roster. Right. But like this deadline is huge. So like, I, I'm really fascinated to see what happens. Um, maybe he goes, all right, I'm not going back to the well. I'm leaving Gallo aside this time. We'll give him in free agency instead. Uh, no, but I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that? Do you think it makes sense that, do you think it's very possible that we'd see a new center fielder, new right fielder? Like those are the two spots I'm looking at most likely upgrades. So my thing is, is I know someone mentioned it. Myers only has one home run. He has somewhat reconstructed his swing to be just like more line drives into the outfield, which he's been hitting a lot of singles and everything, which is good because the way that the baseballs have been, uh, we're, we're probably going to do an episode on what is up with the baseballs and offense and the power numbers in the MLB. Because when you look at everything, it's kind of really weird to see how it adjusts from at bat to at bat, basically. Um, Myers is fine. I mean, Yes, he's making a lot of money. Once again, not really his fault. The team absolutely screwed up his contract. I don't know what they were thinking. Our biggest need is we need a center. We need an outfielder that can play all three positions. It's not good. It's like Grisham. Yeah, he has a 900 OPS in his last seven games. But he's going to keep it up. And then we have Azokar, which he can't hit for power for anything. Profar has been doing better, but we still don't know where he's going to be at by the end of the season because he's also very hot and cold. So we need either a guy that can platoon with Myers and left and keep Myers healthy. And then you can platoon Voight and Myers at DH because in 2020, that is when Myers was at his best when he was DHing also playing outfield. So your options would be, okay, do we keep Grisham in center? Do we swing a trade for Brian Reynolds, which I don't think I'll do. Uh, I think he's a little expensive for an underperforming player right now. Cedric Mullins has somewhat been under underperforming. 
And then you look at the rest of the options, you go, okay, you have Austin Hayes, you have Andrew Benintendi, which I think Andrew Benintendi would be amazing in left field slash right field. You could platoon him either or. Perfect for that way. But then you still have your problem in center field and you look at all the options. They're all corner outfielders. I have a lot of center options. They're all corner outfielders. So do you feel comfortable with throwing O potentially in center field? I don't. I've seen the way he's plays left field right now. I wouldn't want him in center at this point. And then if you trade for Gallo, which is probably inevitable, he hasn't really been hitting for the greatest amount of power either. He's hitting, what, 200? He strikes out more than Myers. He may walk a little bit more. But is that the road you really want to go down? Do you want to go uh, bomb or strikeout? It's, we need guys that get on base. We need like an Andrew Benintendi. I don't think trading Myers is the way to do it. Then you lose a depth piece in the outfield for a guy that strikes out or hits a home run. I don't think that's the way to go. I think you trade for Andrew Benintendi or Austin Hayes. And then you figure out what you got to do with center. I mean, Ian Happ is probably the best option. Like we said, Contreras and Happ is probably the best way. Isaac said it. Two birds with one stone. Any other option? I think you're going about it the wrong way. Uh, and yeah, I get that, Chase. And I, and I do think you're right, man. I think Myers is kind of one of the more likely guys to, to see in a different uniform come trade deadline. And if you do keep him around, what you want to do is platoon him with Profar and have him DH every once in a while, or maybe more often than not, because, you know, he had a knee problem last year, basically all throughout last year, the knee problem came up again. It's going to be very important to preserve his health because health has been an issue for him, but when healthy, he's, he's a decent player. Um, you look at it though, Gallo for Gallo for Myers probably wouldn't be it. I think you'd probably, of course, that's probably not what you meant straight up. But um, Lamette, maybe other top ten, not top ten, like top from eight to the fifteen range. I think is where you would essentially look in that kind of trade. Um, and maybe you would see Myers go, but I don't know, man. It's kind of it's kind of tough to evaluate trades right now. There are so many options on the table. Um, I'm hoping they do get two two outfielders, if not two outfielders, then a catcher and an outfielder, because that would help immensely in this lineup. Around the time you're getting Tatis back, your lineup is going to look so much deeper than many other lineups in baseball. We're not asking for much. We're just asking for a like a top 15 lineup that can put up some run support for these for these pitchers, man, because Blake Snell got no run support these past two starts. You Darvish, yeah, he was probably going to lose this start anyway, but still, he didn't get much run support. Same with Martinez. Like, not many of these guys are getting good run support. And the problem becomes not when – because I don't think this offense is a is a huge problem just in general. I think when you look at it, they just suck against good pitching. That's why you need two really good guys because they just – they're really bad against good pitching. Like, of course, you expect the lineups to struggle against good pitching, but damn, bro, this bad? Like, you had 27 strikeouts in two games. That's that's absurd. Um, and when you look at them playing easy teams, of course, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're winning. They're putting up runs. There was a little bit of a weird thing where they were just disgusting on the road against Atlanta. And I forgot the other team. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, bro. But I don't know, man. The offense is really worrisome against these these, you know, good uh, 
good pitching rotations. And we knew this 10-game stretch would be like that. They would struggle on offense. Essentially, the pitching would have to carry the load. But uh, got swept by the Cardinals. Not a good not a good look. That Cardinals team is good. Um, luckily, the Dodgers have lost two to the Pirates. Who knows? I mean, they're probably going to win today. But have lost to the Pirates with Julio Urias and Walker Buehler on the mound. Um, at the Giants, I believe, might have won today. I don't know what they did yesterday. But whole point. 85 wins by by the end of the season. That has been the lucky number for the six seed. Six teams make it this year. That's all we need. Um, a bat or two, and the way the starting pitching rotation is going right now and the bullpen reinforcements we just talked about an episode or two ago, it's going to go a really long way, man. You could see him blow past 85 wins for sure. Yeah, that's true. I think when we look at like the, the outfield and stuff like that, my larger concern – um is not necessarily like making the playoffs but like when you get into the playoffs if you throw out some of these guys in your lineup it's like dude they're not gonna hit playoff rotation like you're gonna score like you're like that's how that's a recipe of we made the playoffs we walked in and we scored four runs (laughs) in the first series and we got eliminated like that's what that's what i would be like most concerned about um let's see what else we got here um aren't outfielders and first base players um traditionally supposed to be the power hitters yeah i mean traditionally yes that's not like cut and dry, but like you usually do typically see it out of first base. Um, and then usually I would say more like corner outfielders typically. Um, JD Martinez would also be a good pickup. Uh, yeah. I, I know a lot of people are really high on JD Martinez. Yeah. I, I see chase. That's just, it's the same thing of like, yeah, it's a good, I, it's a good bat to get, but, but where are you going to put them? Yeah. I guess you could kick someone out, but like, like it doesn't fix your problems necessarily. It's a solid corner outfield bat to add. The other thing is he's more of a DH. Like he is more of a DH. Voigt's coming around. He's better than Voigt, but Voigt didn't cost anything to trade for. Like JD Martinez is on pro- I'm ex- I'm assuming I haven't looked at his deal lately, but I'm assuming it's a pretty expensive deal. Um so I, I don't dislike it. I just think it would be hard to find a spot to put him. Um also Ian Happen Contreras trade package. So I know this site is completely unreliable um, trade simulator, but I made one. Tell me what you guys think. All right. Oh no. Um, let's see. Okay. Tell me what you guys think. Talk to me. What, what do I add? Contreras hat for Grisham straight up. It says yes. I don't think that gets accepted, right? I think the only reason that is 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 because I think Contreras is on a one-year deal and he's worth like a few million. Um, how old is Ian Happ? Let me see what's on his contract real quick. He has so after this year he has one more year of arbitration. I don't know how old he one is. One more now. year of arbitration. But actually, wait. Let me so see, he's still he's here. still making close to seven million this year, and Grisham's really cheap, year. and he's he's twenty-seven this year. Okay. Probably. 27. So Grish is a little younger. He's got a few more years of control. He plays a premium spot in set. Realistically, he's not worth 45.8 just because he has been absolute garbage. So what I would do, uh, let's see. What do they need? They have a shortstop. They have a third baseman. Everything. Yeah. You could probably throw in throw in Eggy. I think Eggy would be a good guy for them. And we have always said he's trade bait, so Eggy would be a good guy. Um 
if we're are we all bought in on James uh, Wood? Because then I think you can throw Mears in, and I think that would be solid. I think Grisham, Eggy, and Mears, and then you can probably get the Cubs to pay for Contreras. And you can probably get back like a like a bullpen arm or something too, because the Cubs aren't trying to win this yeah. year. Yeah, but do the Cubs really have a bullpen arm that we need? Remember, we do have a lot of guys coming back. What do you think, Isaac? I Sorry, just bro. made it really quick. Sorry, bro. <laughs> um, that was really loud. Um, I don't know, because Grisham is kind of trash right now but i'm actually really surprised they haven't changed that because i know that's been that way uh since the offseason but he's played a premium position he is very very highly touted amongst the league right now even if he's doing pretty bad um maybe gets done i don't know man i think a Contreras hat package actually wouldn't cost that much i think they'd be willing to lose a little more um than that i mean i think they would want an influx, like a flux of prospects rather than just one player. I think they'd want a package just because how, I mean, that is a bad team. That is essentially a pretty bad team. So I think they would want just more prospects. I think they'd want more depth over just that star, the, the potential star, all-star player um, that we once thought Grisham was. So um, I actually think it'd be a little different, but your your idea is right. I mean, we know what we're going to have to give up for Contreras and Hap, and hopefully – uh, that is the trade I want. I think that is a great trade. Like I said, either two outfielders or one catcher and an outfielder. Um, I think yeah, Campy man. might be it. Yeah, I was going to say infatuated with Campy. I forgot yeah, about that. Absolutely, that's what I was going to say too. I think Camposano actually might be another uh, an option too. And and even though you know, I think Robert Murray actually talked about it. Um, they said he said that the league in general is a little down on Campy, whether it be because of his arrest or because they don't think his swing will translate to the, to the MLB or because his catching is kind of trash, whatever it is. Um, it's just gotta be accepted. Catchers take a little longer than other positions to, to come up to the MLB and perform. Um, but Camposano still has got, has a bunch of upside. Camposano we've all known is one of the more likely, if not the, <laughs> if not the most likely to, uh, to get traded um of the prospects so i don't know man I, I do think that is a good trade but we still got a, unfortunately still got a long way so that shit happens man and we're gonna have to deal with this offense and we're gonna have to just roll with it like i said the i mean the lineup looks a lot deeper when tatis is in there hopefully myers too um but it's not looking good when your fourth best ops is like a six is in the sixes that should be like your seventh or eighth <laughs> Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be interesting how it how it plays out. So I know we're probably going to be on for a few more minutes here. Um, Blackwell Friar Talk should be the GM. I'm all for it. Give us AJ Preller's salary. We'll do it. <laughs> um, and then JDS also has a, a a pretty negative comment here. How can any fan have faith in AJ Kingwood Preller at this point? Um, are you confident in him? If so, why? No. Uh, but I'm, op- I guess, caution- cautiously optimistic, I, I guess would be the best way to put it. I mean, we, we said at the beginning of the year, like, this is a make or break year for, for Preller. It really oh, is. Because what is this? Is this is this either year eight or it's year nine? I think it's eight. eight. Like, they, he does, his resume is really bad. If they, if they were to miss. But I also, I'm like, I also don't think, like, looking at, like, oh, did you make the playoffs? 
I don't think that's a good metric, but I think that's the metric they're going to use. So I still fully expect him to be back next year because I still project the Padres to be a playoff team. I think there's better GM options out there at the same time. I think that he gets a lot of credit for stuff where it's like, dude, that's the organization saying we're going to spend five times the amount of money that we've ever spent. And they're kind of like, look what, look what Preller did. It's like, I don't know. I don't know how much I buy into that. So I'm, I would say cautiously optimistic for me. I, I don't know if I believe that AJ Preller is the solution here. I think he's part of the problem. And I, I don't know how much faith I can have in him because I know I, we were, we were talking about it and I was probably the biggest advocate out of the three of us saying, yeah, I think AJ Preller is great at finding talent and he's, somewhat good before we did the trade breakdowns i said he's somewhat good at making trades but he has a really good eye for spotting talent and finding prospects in international domestically and in trades do i think he deserves to be a gm that is a different question i think i said we should demote him to head of scouts director of scouts and have a large say in who we should go get within the drafts and trades prospect wise but outside of that i can't say that i trust preller made a lot of bad trades uh he has an obsession a very very unhealthy obsession with the rangers it is really bad to the point no more mazar is probably going to be called up sometime this year when i don't know realistically he probably wouldn't have been on the padres roster if he wasn't an ex-ranger He's been going after Gallo for years. He went after Profar for years. He went after Nick Martinez, an an ex-Ranger. I mean, at some point, you got to look at this and he goes, Preller is, yeah, he's really good at finding talent, but I don't trust him to be the GM. At one point, you got to say that. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't really know. (laughs) Um, I'm just... I'm cautiously optimistic with with AJ Preller. I guess I can say I, I probably like him maybe the most out of us three. And the only reason I say that is because I'm kind of just thankful, I guess, in a sense. I really like that we're actually like in contention and actually good now. <laughs> um, but that doesn't that I can't I can't take that into consideration when considering like this still isn't isn't the best Padres team considering the amount of money we're spending and and um and really taking everything else into consideration, some trades he's made, some signings he's made, I, sh- I shouldn't take that we're actually a good team. I, I got to separate that from the bad stuff that he's made that probably hurt us more than make us good. Um, essentially, he could have used that money to make us an even better team than we are right now. Uh, so you look at it, yeah, you win some trades, you lose some trades. Um, Manaya and, and Rodgers have essentially been fantastic trades as of right now. You look at that Rodgers trade and – you got the twins to eat up all the money and Paddock is now injured. RIP, my guy. I love that guy. Um, I hate Emilio Pagan. I don't know if he's doing good. I know he was doing good last time I checked, but um, we got Brent Rooker also, who's supposed to be an, an average outfitter, like a decent death piece, I think. So um, I don't know, man. Uh, I think after this trade deadline is really going to gonna solidify me on, on where he's at because obviously last trade line, deadline, it was – horrific it was so bad it was it was desperation trade for jake marisnik in the last 10 minutes of the trade deadline bad when you got adam 
Did you see that? Um. Oh my God, what's his name? Espinosa made, made his debut. debut. Espinosa made his debut, and he looked pretty good actually. Yeah, he did. A, he had a pretty good debut. Oh, speaking yeah. of Pagan Isaac, you might have to buy his jersey. I hope you know that he's not on the team anymore. No, he's not on the uh, team anymore. He has a two-one-two ERA, buddy. <laughs> he's not on the team anymore. He's gone. I I um, will say my uh, my Hosmer bet's looking pretty good. He no, already he I, he's below. Isn't he below eight hundred OPS right now? Yeah, I think he's hovering right. around like eight thirteen. Like that's the bet. That's a bet. Eight hundred OPS. Currently at. It lets me. I think he's like seven nine. Oh yeah, I got it. I got it. He's at seven ninety five. He is below an eight hundred OPS. Oh, he just fell below today, then, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that is looking good, man. That is looking good. <laughs> However, I'll say I'll take us like a seven eighty seven, like a seven eighty OPS from him, considering. Jesus Christ, he's been super abysmal. As long as he plays good defense, bro, because if he's not playing good defense, then I don't really care. Um, yeah, man, I, Voight was a big name but fell off. I think Voight's actually, I mean, like Matt said earlier, Voight's kind of coming around. It's just Frazier. That Frazier trade made me a little mad. But when you look at it, like, Marcano helped the Pirates beat the Dodgers yesterday, so I'm cool. <laughs> um, okay, I got one more. Oh, I got dude, one more I know. Add. I was going to mention that. That was crazy. Marcano off off. Was it Urias? Oh, yeah, yeah. Bro, he shit on that. No, no, it was it was Bueller. Oh, was it Bueller? It was. I think no, it, was it was Bueller. Yeah, it was Julio Urias. Yeah, it was. Oh, Urias. it was. Okay, my he bad. Took my bad. Urias. Yeah, he took Urias dead center. Wait, then he hit. Did he hit Bueller before? That was on the same Probably. series. Oh man, that makes it worse, bro. <laughs> so we traded this dude for for Ray Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see how, see how that goes. I will say, okay, with Preller, I have one more thing I want to address. Um, okay, pause real quick. If we threw me out in left field, let me let you guys know, there would be a lot of errors in left field. So <laughs> I don't know if we're finishing with 105 wins. <laughs> that was funny. No way this guy's back, bro. Hold on. Oh, we almost went the whole stream. I know, dude. That's really good. We were so close. Um, okay, okay. Let's see. Let's see. We have a few thing, few things. Okay, so we're looking at these trades. That okay. Someone brought up the trades that he's made in the past. Like he's got burned. We in the off season when we were talking about Preller, we we went over like all of the trades up until 2020. So all up until 2019, where we graded them, it was bad. Like I was like, yeah, Preller. My thought going into that was Preller had a rough year last year, but he's been a good GM. Then we went through all those trades, and I was like. Holy crap, dude. Preller's that guy had like a couple solid trades. Fernando Tatis grand slam out of the park home run and then missed on everything. And then that's not even counting 2020 because dude, the 2020 trades are starting to look real scary. Like the like the Nola trade, the fact that we had Ty France. And then you look at our lineup and you're like, bro, I can start adding up who we traded away with these guys. And they're all like, a lot of them are all-star caliber players. Like it gets like, wait a second. Like these, this isn't look good. Um, But then this, I would say that the one positive thing I have with the trades, I I really like the way that the trades have looked um, Mm. this year. The two trades that we have brought up have been extremely, extremely helpful. And the fact that somehow the um the fact that somehow um sorry you guys got me distracted over here. Never <laughs> in the comments. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know. Basically, the, the fact, though, is that, like, the, these trades, you know, we're looking at them, and it's been rough for a while, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not super confident. Um, final thing I'll bring up on Preller, then we'll probably, probably wrap it up here in a second. Um, the league won't trade or do business with AJ. Um, that is the thing that scares me most. That is honestly the thing where I'm looking at and I go, why does everyone like play Preller and then not make a trade with them? Because the Potters are a team that gets brought up every single trade, every single trade. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know if what's going on, but all right, guys, I don't have anything else. Anything else you guys want to add? I see Eric and Isaac having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I saw someone ask about Alfaro DHing instead of catching. I think that's a good idea, too. Uh, especially with the way Hosmer's been hitting. I think you bench Hosmer for a little bit. You put Void at first and Alfaro DH. I think that works. Um, apparently, uh, Isaac and Eric got some things to talk about. Um, I'm a. I'm gonna let them go. Wasn't me, Eric. <laughs> that's that's so coincidental, though. Um, yeah, man, Padres. I still think they're in a good position. You know, they every team's gonna get swept along the road. It's a 162 game season. You're gonna see those hiatuses where a team goes like three for their last 10, three for their last 13, whatever it is. Um, it's gonna happen. I know it happens to every single team. So you can think this isn't a good team, not the best team, um, but. I think they're going to do something at the deadline. I think Tatis is going to be great. Um, Tatis is going to be great when he comes back. And this pitching staff is going to keep doing what they're going to do, man. And like I said, not that long ago, um, like I said, not that long ago, this bullpen is going to be the healthiest bullpen in baseball in, in a couple months. I'd say in a month or two. I think they're going to be the healthiest bullpen in baseball. They're going to be a good bullpen. So we'll see how it all goes. And, I mean, go Padres, man. I think they're going to. I hope they split the series. I think they're going to split the series. I think they got some good pitching matchups. Best one, I think everyone should tune in. Every MLB fan is going to be Joe Musgrove against Corbin Burns. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch that one. Got Mackenzie Gore going. This is going to be a good series. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. That definitely will. That'll be a pretty sweet one. Um, I see um, Jaron says that he bet $250 for a four-game sweep. Jaron, you likely lost $250. But if you don't, the payout has to be like over a grand. That has to be a massive payout. So if you really did that, that's a, it's interesting. Um, but let's see. Uh, I think that's that's pretty much all. Quan Pham says Paddock going to is going to raise some eyebrows against AJ. I don't think so because everyone knew that he had like the the Mets trade got rejected because Paddock failed the physical. So that was already well known. That was like a very well known thing. So I don't think that's going to look like it. I think it's more that Preller's other guys that he's traded have been like that. And I think that people just feel like, oh, we can just play Preller to get the price up for other prospects that we really want. Because now you look at the Padres farm system and it's very top heavy and there's not that mid-tier group. So it's hard to it's hard to facilitate facilitate a trade. Um final thing, we also brought up that uh you know how bad the Padres starting pitchers are in the farm system. However, Chase Isaac, I don't know if you guys know this, but this is like an insane an insane draft and the Padres could very likely replenish a lot yeah. of their starting pitching with this draft. Um, we're going to have Ryan on, I think one month to the date. So I think that's in two weeks, one month uh, to the, like one month before, I think it's the 17th of June. We're going to have Ryan on and he's going to go over a bunch of different guys that could be potential op- options in the draft. So that'll actually be pretty fun to learn about some of those guys. Um, 
Final thing I'll say, Isaac is innocent, and I, I stand for him, all right? I, I, I saw you at Coachella that year. That's right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll talk to you all soon. Thank you.